depression, anxiety, talk about it with me. Strange brain, same page, safe place, therapy is great, and this ain't the same. But we're crying behind sunglasses anyway. Crying behind sunglasses. Hey, hey, Sunnies. I'm Katie Dahl, and this is Crying Behind Sunglasses, a mental health podcast for cool people. And by cool people, I mean, like, you've got issues, I've got issues, sure, but let's find a way to laugh about it, right? This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for therapy or medical advice. Shocking, I know you may think that you had tuned into the WebMD podcast or something from psychology today, but uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a person who is very passionate about your mental health, and I'm here to make you feel less alone, which is so important right now because now that we're rolling into the holidays with that seasonal depression, though, you know what I'm talking about. You got to make sure that you are taking care of that. So make sure you're getting enough sunlight. I know for me, with the colder weather, I, I don't want to walk outside as much. <laughs> I mean, it barely even qualifies as cold weather. It's still probably between 65 to 75 degrees outside here in LA. But, you know, for an LA native like me, that qualifies as cold. I'm going to throw on a sweater. So I'm getting less exercise because I don't want to walk out there and I'm getting less vitamin D, which can definitely affect your mood. So you got to make sure you're still taking care of yourself as much as you can. Do a workout inside or connect your friends on video chats. I know it can feel really awkward to reach out, but I've found that it feels so much better once I do. And going over all those thoughts in my brain of like, oh, I don't know if that person wants to hear from me or it's going to be weird or what if they don't get back to me in time? It's like, you know what? Let's let go of those thoughts, get past it. Just send out a GIF, even if you don't know what to say. Look up a funny cat meme or something, even if you can't figure out how to say like, hey, I need a friend, you know? So today's episode is very appropriate as we head into the holidays because we are going to talk about how to maintain your sanity with those difficult family members who trigger the heck out of all your traumas, right? We're talking to Kimberly Spencer. She is a certified high-performance coach, a best-selling writer, health junkie, wife, and mother. She is the founder of crownyourself.com, which is a great coaching program for women to empower themselves to take control of their lives. The other things that we talk about are how your body remembers trauma, even if your brain represses it, your body remembers, and how an unfortunate incident with a bowl of hot pho led Kimberly to discover more about herself when she started craniosacral therapy. What even is that? Well, I didn't know before I talked to her, but now I do. So before we get into that episode, also, if you leave a review on this podcast, DM me a screenshot. I'm at Katie Doll, K-A-T-Y-D-O-L-L-E on Instagram. DM it to me and I will send you a PDF of hot tips from my guests that I've gathered. These are lots of tidbits of wisdom from all of my guests so far this year. A lot of great ways that you can hack your brain to be in a better mood. And I think that's something that we could all definitely utilize right now. So let me know if you can review, then I would really very much appreciate you. And after you're done listening to the episode, as always, we have an episode guide on cryingbehindpod.com that'll list all of the resources that come up in this episode, as well as the other episodes that exist in the Crying Behind Sunglasses universe. So without further ado, enjoy. <laughs> 
Welcome, Kimberly Spencer. Thank you so much for having me, Katie. It's been so great to reconnect after our initial conversation. It feels like a long time, but it's really not. It is. It feels, yeah. <laughs> I hear you. That's basically how I can describe it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, we became friends during quarantine. I think you found me or I found you on yeah. Instagram because we're both in kind of the mental health and wellness space. And I was really excited to make a, make a new virtual friend. So yeah, nice talk again, especially someone from my hometown. That's right. LA. That's right. Cause you're now quarantining and hang, or living down in Australia, right? Yeah. There's not really any quarantine going on anymore down in Queensland where we are. It's basically back to business as normal. Yeah, there's social distancing in place, but you can go out. There's no mask ordinances. There's no, literally no COVID cases. We've gone like 48 days without even a case. What? So, yeah. So it's like life. They, I just walked, we were just up in Brisbane the other weekend and we walked past and there was a beer festival happening. I was like, festivals are coming back. So I say this to give Americans hope that like it will end. It, you will get through this and life will resume. Wow. I just, I can't, I don't even know where to start. I feel like you're living in the future. I'm stuck in the 1800s. <laughs> Technically I am in the future though. I'm like 17 hours ahead of you. So no, no, the future like, is really good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, if, if, if America is able to solve COVID in 17 hours, I'll be amazed. It's not going <laughs> to So yeah, I remember we talked before about a lot of different issues and I thought it was really good that we're talking now right before the holidays because I feel like there's a lot of maybe insight that you could provide for people heading into these times. At least in America, I know like with COVID, a lot of people aren't even getting together with their families, but they are going to maybe still talk to them because there's that idea of like, yeah, Thanksgiving, Christmas, we get together. I think you and I have a common thread of we've both have had difficult family members who have had like addiction issues, things like that. And I was wondering if you have any advice for people, whether they have to do a phone call or they're able to see people in person, how do we deal with those difficult family members during the holidays? Like when you, you just have to be around them. For me, I give myself a lot of grace. My difficult family members, I have interesting relationships with both of my parents. They're both Mm -hmm. the most loving, most generous human beings you will ever meet in your life, but they definitely had their demons that they struggled with. And it's interesting because as my dad and I have worked on healing our relationship via distance, it's been able to give me a beautiful perspective that they are doing the best that they can with the resources, the tools, and the abilities that they have. And so are you. And so give yourself that grace. Give give the, your family members that grace. Because some people were just raised with really crappy resources. My dad has a very difficult time emotionally connecting. He finds emotions very, very difficult to deal with because he spent 50 years escaping and down a bottle with them. So that's how he would deal with it with emotions because he taught that they weren't manly. And he was of that baby boomer generation of like, you got to suck it up. And guys feel too. I mean, I'm raising a little man and he is so powerful in feeling and he has so much compassion. And I could only imagine if I, if, you know, the times 
70 years ago, raising him in a time that's like, oh, you can't feel that. You can't cry. You can't, you know. Well, yeah, no, you didn't know that boys don't have emotions. That's like a new thing that they just invented. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Men are finally allowed. It's 2020. We are finally allowing men to have a feeling that up until this year, that was not yeah, not so much. <laughs> yeah, and it's 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 like if you look at the suicide rates in men, like guys are struggling, mm-hmm. and I have such compassion on on men, and especially like so now looking at it from that perspective, and like being able to remove my own ego, my own ability to get butt hurt by some of the things my dad will offhandedly say that it's it's not him, it's his programming. It's not mm-hmm. him, it's his conditioning. And giving them that little bit of grace said that that's how they were conditioned versus that's not really who at the core that they are. Because when you really look at when you really look at the soul of someone, it, 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 can, it can change when you're like, oh, they don't have the resources. They don't have the tools. They don't have the ability to, to relate in that emotional capacities, but they're going to relate in this way. Maybe it's in a weird way, making some offhanded joke to try to get attention. Yeah, no, totally. You know, yeah. something that's like in, totally inappropriate or something that you may feel is not, like I used to feel like my dad didn't believe in me because he would make these suggestions like, oh, if you need help with money, And I'm like, no, I'm good. We're doing great. But the thing is, is that that's how he always related to me was he always, no matter his addiction, was able to provide. And so now whenever he says something about money, I don't get offended. Like, oh, you're not, you're saying that I can't do it on my own. And like, let me show you. Instead, I'm feeling, I get to the space where I'm like, wow, he's trying to connect in the only language that he knows. Yeah. And that's, it's that's his way of showing love. Languages. Yeah. 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 Cause I think different people have different love languages. Um, yeah. And a lot of times we only think about that with our romantic partners, but it is an interesting point to bring up that you should use that same kind of knowledge with your family members and your friends. Cause different people like for me, like I'm really into words of affirmation, you know, but there might be someone else. Like my parents are very into like, Oh yeah, we give you gifts. Like the shows our yeah. love, right? Like we're, yep. we're good. Right. We don't need <laughs> the, the emotional support. It's not sorry, mom. I know you're probably listening. Not as important. It's, <laughs> you know, it's a whole different situation or like the idea of, letting a birthday or holiday pass by without some sort of gift giving would be unconscionable, but it would be, you know, it's different love languages. So I understand that. And yeah, also I think something that's really important that you were touching on, it's not always easy to do when you're in the moment of the fight or whatever is putting yourself in that person's shoes and saying, okay, where did they come from? You know, because if, your dad grew up in the baby boomer generation. He was taught a certain thing. And so maybe putting yourself in their shoes and thinking like, okay, what, 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 would, it, what would it have been like to be a little boy and to feel like you want to cry about something, but then have someone be like, nope, that's that we don't do that. Yeah. Crying is for girls <laughs> <laughs> or whatever, you know, stupid gender size plagiarized programming yeah yeah, yeah. boys cry I have a toddler boy and he cries and he's open about it but a feeling scientifically measured is supposed to it will only last for 90 seconds what happens is is when we repress that feeling with like shame and guilt and we basically like stack on a bunch of extra shit onto that initial feeling because we're judging it wait 90 seconds Hang 90 on. seconds. Yeah. No, no. Scientifically measured. No. Yeah. How am I it, allowed? Okay. 
can't. <laughs> Hang on. Because one, I, well, I need to look up the study, but also. Yes, look up the study. I forget the name of the scientists who measured it, but it is in the book, The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, which I highly, highly recommend to any person in any okay. leadership role, whether you're a parent or influencer or community leader or business owner. You got to be fantastic with your feelings. Book. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my, yeah. my second point is, if that's true, then how am I able to feel like sad for a full day? Yeah. You know, if it only quote unquote lasts for like 90 seconds. Is that just me continuing to, I don't know, Sometimes wallow in the can, feeling? I mean, I'm not a, a therapist. <laughs> no, I'm not. So I'm going to be very just, clear on that. No, it's just theory. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting because <laughs> if you watch a toddler, I've learned so much from being a mom. My uh-huh. son, like when he has a feeling, he's not immediately going into his head about I should or shouldn't be feeling this feeling. He's not placing judgment on it. He's not placing additional feelings of guilt or shame or anger about feeling those feelings. I see a lot of many of my clients who are in the personal development space, like they're all into personal development and God forbid they feel a negative feeling like a human being because as (laughs) soon as they feel a negative feeling, suddenly it's like, does this mean I'm not manifesting what I want? And like, hold on. And so they, they get this fearful they, they, so they're basically stacking fear on top of whatever feeling it is. Whereas if you just allowed the feeling to release, then it could flow kind of like a, a weight. Yeah. What happens though is with, is with trauma, any sort of trauma, whether it's like developmental trauma or shock trauma, meaning like an event happened that was traumatizing versus developmental trauma, meaning you were raised in an environment where there was repeated significant trauma between the age of zero and like seven, which is the imprint period in that space. Sometimes that trauma has struggled to release from your body. And so in those days, like for me, when I feel sad and I can only speak about this from personal experience, cause I'm not a mental health expert, Yeah, but I've definitely just studied on this like crazy. And I'm super excited for my latest certification in biodynamic breath work, which is working on using the breath and your body and movement and sound as a tool to release the trauma to basically reprogram your nervous system. Oh, yeah, that was something super else. Super cool. Yeah. I was going to ask you about that actually. So perfect segue. So other than being like a badass business woman owner, also you come from um, a Pilates background. I used to teach Pilates yes. and I thought it was really interesting how you talk about using the body as a way to transform and work through your emotions and figure out like what you were born to do and really tap into your purpose using your body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to explain it like this because sometimes your, your brain and your subconscious mind, it has a really powerful tool that is really super kind where it will block things out that you're not yet ready to deal with. So that's why sometimes years later when you're like, oh, I think I'm fine. Suddenly, all of a sudden, this like memory or this dream or this experience will suddenly come out and you're like, holy shit, that happened. Like that, I know that happened, but it's something that you hadn't thought about for years. Right. And it's like stored in your body in a way. Yes. Yeah. Cause your subconscious mind is running your body all the time, mm-hmm. but your subconscious mind also does, does us all a favor. And especially for children who have grown up with like developmental trauma, there are certain things as a child that you cannot like 
process. Like you don't understand them. You don't emotionally understand them. And the emotions sometimes are so big that you're like, I don't know what to do with it. So your subconscious mind represses memories that you're not yet ready to fully express. That's why therapy is great. That's why uh, coaching is great. That's why, you know, different forms of somatic psychology is great because that will help unleash and un- eventually unwind the trauma out of the body so that eventually you can get to that point where you are processing different experiences that happen to you. So I had this happen. This was my, my first experience with this was when I was working with a cranial sacral therapist and I had what was called a shock trauma to my leg. I spilled hot boiling pho on my lap in a movie theater. Why I had pho in a movie theater, it was because I was being foolish and just thought, oh, well, you know, this is a smart movie snack. I mean, listen, <laughs> who, doesn't bring no- who doesn't want to bring a noodle into the movie theater? I don't, it's not the most portable snack, I will say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I might have I picked a sandwich, but you know, different strokes. Different strokes. <laughs> and it was at a time where metaphorically, I was also being burned by my boyfriend that I was dating at the time. That was like the first love, the first of many things. And I felt I was being burned literally at that movie theater because that's where he was with the girl that he was cheating on me with. And I didn't, and I didn't know that until later, but I burned myself and I spilled this pho and I had to have the paramedics come and rip off my pants. And I was like, this was back years and years and years ago when I was acting and I was like, I can't be in a pageant or be in a movie and have, and have a giant second degree burn. that's the size of two of my handprints. Like that's wait, not going to work for that, me. That's crazy that, so wait, just to back up when this yeah. occurred, this was almost like the McDonald's hot coffee incident. This is like really kind of, intense yeah. burn. Yeah, it wasn't really just like, burn. cause you said no. that you couldn't even get your pants off yourself. You had to have them kind of like, yeah. Oh, because my skin was like gluing to the fabric. So I was working as a Pilates instructor at the time. And one of my clients had fibromyalgia and she was like, try cranial sacral therapy and cranial sacral therapy. It's kind of like tissue energy healing. It's using the body. It's using the tissue. It's using your nervous system to then reprogram the, the body to then help with releasing some of the stuff from that. Mm-hmm. Um, and It was a crazy experience because I went to my dermatologist the day before I got this treatment and he's like, I don't know what you're going to do. He said, that's going to, that's going to scar. He said, I really like, you can take care of it. You can dress it, but that's going to leave a pretty hefty scar. Yeah. And so I I told my cranial sacral therapist, I just said, look, here's everything. Here's all the stuff laid out of my life. Everything you need to know to help work with my body, whatever it is, I'm open. I'm game for it. As she was working on my body, I felt my leg re-burning. And the tissue actually was healing. And a week later, I went back to the same dermatologist. He's like, what did you do? And I was like, what do you mean? What did I do? He said, you, you, you're not going to have a scar. I was like, really? (laughs) He said, yeah, what, what what did you do? I said, I just did a cranial sacral therapy session, but it was basically healing the, the tissue that had been damaged. And for me, I, that I then became very, devout in receiving cranial sacral therapy. Can I ask you just quickly, because I've never heard of this, maybe you could explain for our listeners who also haven't really heard of this. What is cranial sacral therapy? Like if I go to a session, what, 
What is that experience like? What happens? So yeah. basically you write down the different things that you remember to your body in the, in the intake form, that things that have happened. And then your cranial rhythm is a natural rhythm that flows from your brain all the way down your body. It's, a, it's it flows through your spine. Sure. That's the cranial fluid. Uh-huh. And so a cranial sacral therapist who is skilled will be able to read the flow of that um, and it's a very light touch. It's not, it's not a super, it's not like a deep tissue massage. So sometimes if there's a trigger point or if there's an energy system in there, they will press in on that to release it. But I've had many experiences. One time she was working on my throat, for example, and I started like feeling, because I was bulimic for 10 years, I felt the, the, my throat, the, my esophagus basically burning. And she's like, that's, that's the tissue in your throat that's actually healing. And suddenly I was able to, to speak and sing at a higher level. I could hit notes that I hadn't been able to hit before, but it's because you're actually reprogramming the tissue of your body. Wow. So it's, it's kind of like body work, but it's uh, body, it's body work. Yeah. yeah. But, with, but with, it's not, it's not like talk life. therapy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it definitely. Yeah. It definitely helps with different types of traumas and, and releasing things from your body. Cause I, I, and I equate this to basically how your body knows certain things that your brain doesn't quite recognize. The body remembers, for example, for me, a lot of times if I have sadness or anxiety or whatever, I hold a lot of things in my chest. There's like a tightness mm-hmm. in my chest sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I've noticed that in yoga camel pose, which is a really intense back bend mm-hmm. that opens up your chest Sometimes I'll, I'll think that I'm totally fine, but I do that pose, I come out of it and I just start sobbing. And I don't know why, yeah. but there's something yeah. in my body that my body is releasing and it mm-hmm. stores it right there. Yep. And it's yeah. powerful. It, it's very powerful. Yeah. And that's the, the power of the breath. That's the power of also doing exercises that activate your parasympathetic nervous system. So if you've had some sort of like developmental trauma growing up. And I work with a lot of clients who have had trauma in their past now, because I'm not a psychologist, I don't deal directly with the trauma, but I coach that I use those patterns to be able to understand how they're making business decisions and how they're making decisions that are actually impacting their future and how this manifests is. And maybe they're constantly waiting for the other shoe to drop. Maybe they're constantly fighting fires and and have trouble actually focusing on the long-term vision. They have trouble operating with faith and with, with a certainty that something's going to happen because they're constantly looking in that rear view mirror, looking for what's going to get them because their past is constantly playing into their present. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a neurological response. So what happens is, is when growing up, like with trauma specifically, you have two different nervous systems. You have your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the rest and digest nervous system. And then you have your, your sympathetic nervous system, which is the fight or flight both are good. It's not that one is good and one is bad. Both are necessary. We need the fight or flight to be able to play sports. We need the fight or flight to get that extra push to be able to complete that project. We need that fighter. Like we need these tools and our bodies are meant to oscillate from a period of stress into being able to go into a period of rest and a period of stress and a period to be able to go into rest. But what happens is with trauma and anyone who's experienced it, suddenly that ability to deal with stress it starts like spiking. And what happens is, is our parasympathetic nervous system, it also has another asset to it, which is called the freeze mode because our body can only handle so much fight or flight. So there's fight or flight or freeze, which is just kind of like 
that does happen. I mean, when you're in yeah. the moment, you literally don't know what to do, but you know that you, you're you just kind of like stuck. Yeah. And you suddenly feel stuck. And if you're in the freeze for too long, it can lead to depression. It can lead to chronic fatigue. It can lead to lethargy. If you're in the fight or flight, it can lead to heightened anxiety. It can lead to nervousness. It can lead to shaking. It can lead to whole all different ways that it manifests in your body. So the goal is, is to find a way to re-regulate your body to be able to allow for that ebb and flow again. So you're able to go into those periods of stress because our bodies, we do need stress to grow, whether that's, you know, growing our family or growing personally or growing well, yeah, a relationship. Any sort of yeah, change do need is going to, yeah. yeah. It's going to require that. And it's interesting to talk about because I think that with the pandemic and everything that's gone on this year, there's just a lot of low level stress that is just occurring in the background. So that might explain for a lot of people why they feel stuck, right? Because their body is in this perpetual state of this low level stress. And even for me, it's like, yeah, uh, there's like, there might be an email that I really want to write but it takes me so much longer to do it or get around to it because I keep thinking about it and I get overwhelmed. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing anything. Yeah. And that's kind of like the fight, flight, freeze, fight, flight, freeze. Cause, and you see this in, in animals, animals Mm -hmm. would do this when they, when animals are fearing impending death, which is what our brain is registering when it's in fight or flight, it's, registering death when animals suddenly fear like oh my gosh this this may actually kill me you'll see them actually go into a space of freeze well they'll just kind of like drop and suddenly they drop their body rushes with endorphins Mm. and because at least then if they get eaten it won't hurt as much but it also allows that freeze also allows for just in case the predator is looking to maybe delay their meal then that gives that, the freeze allows for those moments of being able to escape and go back into that fight or flight. So it does serve a purpose, but for us living in the day-to-day when we're not being chased down by predators yeah, on a regular that, basis. It's not, it's not necessary. You know, yeah. I just finished this documentary last night on Netflix, My Octopus Teacher. Yeah, I Have haven't seen, seen it? it yet, but I've oh. heard amazing things about it. It's just everything you were describing really reminded me of that. No spoilers. I mean, it's an octopus. How much of a spoiler could there be? But basically, there is this man who spends almost a full year diving into the same kelp forest and visiting this one octopus and becoming like best friends with her. It's wild. That's so cool. And I didn't think I could feel emotions for an octopus, but I did. Uh, <laughs> and what you were talking about with the instincts and everything, I didn't realize what smart creatures they were, but she, this octopus, I saw her outwit so many sharks in so many different ways. And there were different tactics. Sometimes she would hide. Other times she would escape. Other times she would like fight back or she would cover herself in shells, you know, or just completely freeze. There are these different tactics, but we are not an octopus in the ocean. We are people here just <laughs> we, most living of our us, lives. Living our yeah. lives. Like we're not, most of us are not living in a war zone. We're okay. And the kinds of problems we're dealing with are just like, oh, my boss needs me to get that report in on time, or I'm in a fight with my significant other, or something that's not actually life threatening. Yeah. But our brains trick us into thinking that it is, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and especially if you've grown up with some sort of, 
dysfunctional family or like some sort of developmental trauma. Studies have shown that you actually have a shorter fuse. Like, cause I was like, oh, that means I can handle chaos better. No, <laughs> it means that as soon as chaos hits, suddenly my body, my brain, I can literally feel it. The last time I felt that my eyes dilated, my breath got very short. I wasn't deepen in my lungs with breathing. Suddenly it was just like, okay, here's a problem. I have to fix this problem. And it was just completely lasered in on this issue. And what was and the thing that happened that made you get into this? It was oh. just, it was just fine. Finding a freaking place in Australia. <laughs> oh, you mean like looking for a house? Yeah. Uh, looking for, yeah, looking yeah. for our new home and, and a couple of things with documents that they needed. And I was like, holy shit. And it's suddenly like, I got lasered in and I got so focused, but I realized I'm not breathing. I'm not relaxed. Like this is such a minute issue. This is such like, I can, I can go grab the document. It's not that big a deal. Right. But for me, it was like, it just suddenly hit this like panic, this fear of not being enough, this fear of like, is this going to happen? we have to move in 30 days. Like what? <laughs> like, so mm-hmm. it, it did, it, it hit a lot of those triggers that can create chaos. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I feel my environment is in a space of chaos, then that is when the fight or flight gets going. And that's actually when I feel much more irritable. I need to go for more runs. I know that my need to release it out of my body to process that anxiety through. And that's what 10 years of teaching Pilates really did for me because Pilates, yoga, Tai Chi, and Qigong are all forms of exercise that activate the parasympathetic nervous system. So they're allowing you to train maybe daily in being able to retrain your body to go back into that space of rest and digest. So you're not constantly in fight, flight, freeze, fight, flight, freeze. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's another, the other way to do that also, even if you don't feel like moving your body is just through meditation because doing the deep breathing studies have shown, I forget how many breaths, but even just a few breaths, not for that long, you can activate that parasympathetic nervous system and really ground yourself Mm -hmm. because I meditate every day for that reason. Yeah, it's specifically taking a longer exhale than an inhale. Mm -hmm. So you want your, if you want to activate your stress breathing, if if you want to get into like state to finishing a project and you're like, okay, I want to get pumped up for this, then having an active exhale with your breath, like, like that, that can automatically, just a few of those breaths will put you, will bring more oxygen to your brain and bring more blood flow so that suddenly your body is like much more ready to go. If you're needing to calm down from that, then having your exhale be twice as long as your inhale is a way to really start acting. And it only takes, it only takes like even just 30 seconds of breathing and it will, it will start to activate that parasympathetic nervous system to allow you to, to relax into it a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, (sighs) yeah, like I'm just like, now I just want to breathe. Now I just want to like, can we just take like a breath? Like I think that everybody who's listening should go, should, should do that. Like while you're listening, just, just take a big inhale. And then what I usually do is like the counting helps too, because Mm -hmm. if you count, then you can get rid of your, your thoughts. So you can count and be like, okay, let me do a five count for the inhale and a seven count for the exhale, or even shorter. If you feel like your breath is kind of shallow, it's a, it's a great idea. Hey, sunnies. So, 
you're listening to this podcast, chances are you've either been to therapy, you are on your way to a therapy appointment sometime soon, or you really want to be going to one. It's tough when we can't go in person, right? It's tough to be able to research and find all those therapists online. Like, how do you sort through all these different profiles and figure it out? Well, guess what? I'm here to help. A sponsor of this podcast, BetterHelp, has really great resources for you. If you go to betterhelp.com slash cryingbehindpod, I have a really great deal for Crying Behind Sunglasses listeners where you get 10% off your first month. And basically when you join, you take a quiz and they will match you with a therapist who is best suited to your needs. So if you're dealing with anxiety or depression or you want to have a certain kind of therapy, they can find that for you. All of the therapy can be done over video chat, phone calls. You can send messages to your therapist anytime that you want. So it's very accessible from wherever you live in the world. You don't have to worry about making it to an appointment because you can do it from the comfort of your own home or wherever you are. So yeah, check it out. Betterhelp.com slash crying behind pot. Something else I wanted to ask you about. So you are a coach and yes. learning to trans- transforming from being somebody who's struggling with certain issues to being a coach, it seems like that would be a really important part of your journey. Was there a certain time in your life or a certain moment where you were like, oh, I am called to help others? Yeah, it was about six months after I found Pilates. That was the first time that I felt that calling. Mm-hmm. I had just started doing Pilates. I was still in the throes of my eating disorder. I was really working on trying to heal myself. And I was looking for some form of exercise that allowed me to feel good in my body. I didn't like going to the gym and feeling like a idiot, not knowing like what to do on. The, I hate you know, the like, gym. I don't know if I'm doing anything right. And no, then I-, <laughs> I didn't. And then I wasn't a runner. I like couldn't run a mile to save my life. I couldn't breathe. And I also was a dancer and I knew I had to quit dance because that was a very triggering environment for me. Mm-hmm. So staring at my body in a leotard was not the place I wanted to be. Not at all. So Pilates though, by just, in just a few sessions, I found this deep connection to my body that I had never known before. And within 30 days, I did this one booty series for 30 days straight just to play with it. And I did it with no additional like tools or TheraBands or any other thing. And I dropped a jean size and I, that was without dieting. That was without vomiting. That was without like just being very diligent of just doing this one form of exercise for 30 days. And it was amazing to me. I was like, whoa, A, I get results. B, I feel good in my body doing this. I was like, I have to teach this. I, I felt this calling that I have to help other people feel this good. Mm-hmm. And it was such a wonderful experience because I went from really not being surrounded with a lot of people and kind of being relatively sheltered to suddenly I was in an environment where I'm teaching 10 different people a day. So 10 different genders, 10 different biological backgrounds, 10 different hormone situations, like 10 different experiences. And because our brains are wired to survive, sometimes the environment that we grow up in, we adapt to that to think like, because we think, oh, that's the way we have to survive in this world. But suddenly I was exposed to 10 different ways of being, of people thriving, surviving, but seeing this ability of the mindset of our mental health and how we think about things really playing a key 
component into how happy people were, how successful people were, how people's relationships were. And I got to do that 10 hours a day, five days a week. And being exposed to that was huge for my own development because I started to see how it didn't really matter whether somebody was technically overweight or technically thin or technically ate healthy or they really did not. I saw that what mattered was really how they thought about their bodies, how they thought about their lives, how they thought about the world. And I thought if the mindset plays so much into this, how has my mindset been with my past history with an eating disorder? Because suddenly I was teaching Pilates and I was in a leadership position because people were coming to me for Pilates advice. Now I wasn't giving them like, let me give you diet advice. I knew jack shit about that. I tried every single diet and it didn't seem like anything worked, but I did know Pilates and I did know a process that could serve and support people. And I did know a way, a process that would, that worked and it worked for me. And I could speak from that authentic place of it being something that had been really healing for me. And it was from that place that I actually attracted clients because I actually started speaking and I was authentic and vulnerable about my past. And I wasn't coming at it from the place of I'm an expert. I was coming at it from the place that like, I've been there too. I know what it's like to not feel good in your skin. I know what it's like to not feel good in your body. I know what it's like to have a bad day. And coming at it with that level of humanity, that's how I've always approached my coaching and my leadership in essence, because I don't believe it. I think that when you come at it from the place of like, oh, I'm this like know-it-all person and I've well, never had any problems, it's not approachable and it's not real and people don't relate to it. No. Well, that's, I mean, yeah, it's interesting because I remember when I was thinking about starting this podcast, I was really worried because I was like, well... I have anxiety and panic disorder. I have sometimes like bad days, bad weeks, you know, and I can't pretend that I'm some sort of model citizen when it comes to mental health. I struggle with that. And there is really interesting. One of my friends told me, she was like, you know, well, the reason that you are the person who needs to speak on these things or talk to people about it is because you do know the struggle and you are going through it. And so I think I relate to that a lot because that might empower other people who are listening out there who say, oh, I'm not perfect. Therefore, I can't go out there and pursue what it is I need to pursue. And it's like, actually, your imperfections are what people are going to love about you more. But anytime that I post about something that's super vulnerable, that is when I get a big response. The world just gives you a big hug because they want to see that you're a human. They don't want to see this perfect person who's never had a problem in their life. Because if, you, if you've never been through shit, then how can you be an expert on, on anything? Yeah. And also we like to watch you learn. Like as you're learning, you can teach. Yeah. And I mean, and that's, that's the beautiful part of the learning process is you don't have to be 20 steps ahead to a person who cannot tie their shoes. You're a genius. (laughs) To a person who's struggling with a problem that you've already learned a way to kind of navigate it, even if it's not a hundred percent perfect, but you, you found a tool, a resource, a, a skill set, something that can actually, that's worked for you. And you share that. That's so powerful. Cause if that, if that can move that person just a little bit out of pain and into a space of pleasure, into a space of happiness, into a space of joy, that is, it's, it's everything. It's, it's yeah. just, and it's the incremental progress. It's not, expecting that you have to be light years ahead of everybody else. I'm not, I'm still 
learning, but I also know my strengths. And one of the strengths that I have is that I can find pretty much a learning lesson in every shit story. (laughs) And I can find pretty much a silver lining in anything. And those are the things that I look at. So when I go through a problem, like, oh, okay, I remember one of my superpowers is I'm going to, I know that this sucks right now, but I'm going to find some sort of silver lining and learning lesson that I'm going to get to share and use to serve with other people. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really a great attitude to have is to remember that there's a lesson in all everything. There is something to be learned, not just from your successes, but I would say, argue you learn a lot more from failing than you do from succeeding. (laughs) At least I do. So yeah, before we get to the end, I want to make sure to ask you, this is something I ask all of my guests. It's a segment that I like to call hot tips, hot tips, hot tips, hot tips. (laughs) We'll get get some sound effects in there. Uh, So if you have a really shitty day, whether that's you woke up on the wrong side of the bed that morning or your toddler is being a toddler, uh, (laughs) you have a difficult client, whatever that looks like for you. You get home, what is something that you can do to change your mood? Some sort of hack, whether that's like a piece of music or food or some sort of self-care that you do for yourself? Mm -hmm. The quickest way to change your state is to change your physiology. So for me, it's movement. It's some sort of movement, but breath is also movement. So it can be also for you going into the bedroom and being very clear and candid that you need some time alone Mm -hmm. um, and just sitting there and allowing for the breath and just making space to just really breathe deep into your body, into your diaphragm. I do this also... I'll just go to the gym. Like I will say, mommy needs to go to the gym. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just go to the gym and I'll get on the elliptical for about 30 minutes and get some really good deep breathing going. And it'll process whatever it is that I was stressing out over. It'll process it through. Yeah. You get into the breath, you get into the body. That makes sense. I I love that. And especially it helps to to get out of your head. Because sometimes when, when we're in our head, Like if you think of an athlete in in elite performance, when they're in their head, they're dead. Like suddenly you can see it. You can see if you watch like any sort of professional sport, when you see an athlete that is like bombing and you're like, huh, I wonder why. And you, you see, you can see them thinking. And they're thinking on something that isn't serving them. And it's probably like, why am I bombing? (laughs) It's probably repeating a question of like, wow, this is sucking. This is sucking really bad. I really don't like this. And they're on that sort of hamster wheel versus- If they change their state, if they change their physiology, that automatically can change how they're coming into the arena. The same is true for any arena of life that you're entering, whether it's auditions, comedy, stuff like that. I mean, because I've been in that before where, I mean, I haven't had an in-person audition in a while because of COVID, but in the before times when I would go on in-person auditions and you'd get in the room and I'd say the first line and then I'd be like, oh, I said that wrong. Oh, and then it would just spiral, right? Because my brain has already decided that I've failed and I haven't even really gotten out of the gate, right? But if I can catch it where I get that negative thought and I go, no, breathe, you're here, you know how to do this, right? Then I can put it back on the tracks and I don't have to live through this story that I've made up for myself, right? So that's something that's really important, I think, for people to hear. And I just really, I really appreciate you coming on today, Kim. And Everybody who's out there, please check out Crown Yourself. I love the way, the way that you have your program put together because it's really catered towards, I mean, all kinds of people, but I'd say especially women who are ready to like take charge of their lives and put their crown on, you know, like be the queen of your own 
domain, whatever that is. Yeah. You know, and instead of like my favorite thing about crown yourself and the whole, the whole idea is that you either have fear sitting on your throne or you can be sitting your cute little booty on it. And so <laughs> my personal choice is to escape from the dungeon of doubt and kick that bitch fear off your throne, sit your booty down and crown yourself as the leader of your life that you were born to be. And so that's, yes. that's my jam. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. Wait, do I have my tiara? Oh, I don't have it. Okay. Normally I have a tiara. I would, I would have put my tiara on for you. <laughs> yeah I have a crown um but yeah I think that that really speaks to there's a there's a quote I used to have I would always put like on my myspace profile or whatever but I still like it of the buddha would would say your work is to find your world and then with all your heart give yourself to it and I think that's kind of like what you're speaking to is find that kingdom that queendom you know and then just rule over it don't be afraid of it yeah and And it, it takes a substantial amount of courage to choose to live your life in the way that you desire to live it. But when you do, that is absolute true freedom and it's so glorious. And so I just encourage everyone, if there's, if you love this episode, please drop me a message and I would love to hear from you and encourage you and champion you through these holiday times. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Kimberly. Is there any last words of wisdom for anybody out there who, unlike Australia, might be struggling during lockdown or feeling a little depressed? Speak candidly with what you need. Be be candid and honest with yourself about what you need and what you want. If that's space, then say that you need the space and have the respect of your partner or your housemates or whomever you're in this with of saying, I do need the space. And if you need connection, then speak candidly to, I need connection right now. And if you need, if you need a little bit more certainty, then speak candidly to the things that you need to make you feel more certain in these uncertain times. Great. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly. I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Katie. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that it made you feel less weird about whatever random shit life is throwing at you lately. Some details are in the description, but please be sure to check out the episode guide on cryingbehindpod.com for a list of all the fun stuff and resources that we mentioned this episode. In the description in the episode guide, I will have plenty of info about Kimberly's programs on crownyourself.com. So you can just click those links and go check out what she's got going on. Also, you can find me, I am Katie Dahl, at Katie Dahl on all the things, or you can hit us up on Instagram at cryingbehindpod. So please subscribe, review, rate, or share this with a friend who might enjoy it. Also, like I said in the beginning of the podcast, if you write a review and you DM me a screenshot of that review, then I... I will send you a PDF of hot tips that I've collected from all of the guests this year on the podcast. And I think that's a great way to find some new techniques to take care of your brain. So happy to help with that. And next time you're sad, just throw on your sunglasses, take a walk outside. Remember, stay cool, stay present, stay sunny.